Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face. Mark Grody. I call him a maniac. Stone Mania. Covering the Bears for 670 the score. You had to overcome the mystique. It was almost like an odor. He exuded a kind of a presence. His whole damn life was football. Wasn't driving a pretty car. Wasn't going to the local bar and pounding your chest, I'm the greatest. It was the opposite. Mark Grody. He was Moby Dick in a goldfish bowl. Mark Grody with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 the score. For the first of four five o'clock hits from the Combine, it is our Bears reporter, Mark Grody, on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline. Download the Circus Sports app today. And, of course, you could see Mark Grody, and why would you not want to do that, on our YouTube stream and our Twitch stream as well. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Yeah, it's been a, a busy day winding down here in Indianapolis. As you said, I am inside the convention center and in one of the, the giant rooms. I think if you're getting the view right now, if you're watching on Twitch, you could see all the, the podiums lined up behind me and some of the other, you know, TV and radio stages that are back there. And, you know, like I said, things have quieted considerably a day today of general managers all over the league and uh, head coaches speaking at podiums and privately to their respective medias. Um, we got a chance to speak to, to Ryan Poles in a pretty intimate setting at the hotel in the hallway where he just gathered a bunch of us around and we got to talk to him. I'm going to play some of that for you as well. I know you guys spoke to Matt Eberflus today. We spoke to him as well. I actually got some, what I thought was some quality stuff information or opinions out of Matt Eberflus. So I'm going to bring you guys here in a minute, but there's tons that I want to get to. So let's just get into it right away. Let's do it. With general manager of, of the Bears, Ryan Poles. And I, I should say right off the top, just for people like, what happened? Anything going down? No blockbuster moves as of yet in terms of the Bears and decision-making and all of that, but certainly some insight to be gained by some of the things that Ryan Poles said out here today. So let's start with Poles talking about, I'm going to use the word potential a lot here, uh, on the potential timing of a potential trade of Justin Fields. It just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this, um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move. 
um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did you, did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told, uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments, um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, uh, But yeah, I'll continue that communication with, with them. So it seems to me, Danny, that his genuine compassion for Fields is in itself a tell because that's just honest about a guy that you're about to trade away. How could you not like Justin Fields the person? Yeah, you know, I think that that's – you said earlier he's so human and all of that. I, I also just think who doesn't like him, you know? What, what has Justin done on a personal level to not deserve and earn the respect of Ryan Poles, even if he has to trade away. Like when he trades Justin Fields away, which I think is what's happening here, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to speak glowingly about it, and he's going to talk about how genuinely hard it is because he likes him. Well, I've talked about this with you guys before. One of the things I think about Ryan Poles here in his third year as GM of the Bears is that he has not lost – he doesn't has not become a jaded GM yet to where – He's one of these guys who calls the players by their number or just calls them the players. Like he really looks into the to the human part of that. I'll never forget the the whole Larry Ogunjobi thing. Like whatever that's gone, that's in the past. We weren't talking about a superstar. But I remember him, how much he dreaded telling Larry Ogunjobi that, guess what? We're going to have to pull this offer off the table because you, you failed your physical. So like he really is in the, the human part. One thing that I thought was interesting today too in, in regards to – to Justin Fields. He kind of alluded to it in the end of the season presser where he said, I would have to be like, his big theme was I got to be blown away to move on from Justin Fields. That wasn't uttered one single time today. I noted so, that too. Uh, did you note that? Because yeah, was, yeah. That, was, that was, that was my lead. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Danny, you and I are thinking along the same lines because that part was, was certainly missing from Justin Fields, it's, or I'm sorry, from Ryan Poles. It seemed like he made a point of that being the theme last year. I didn't hear it once today. And I know he was on other outlets as well. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he said something like that to somebody else, but I did not hear it when we spoke to him. Uh, Grody, first of all, I can report that the Twitch mob really likes your haircut. Um, and then second of all, what did Ryan Poles have to say about the possibility of trading back if he indeed would even consider it? Thank you for the haircut comment. It means a lot to me. I've been very insecure because there's a lot of disappointment amongst the media and everybody that, that I wasn't doing the slick back hair. But now that fluce has changed, that's great. Um, in terms of uh, polls, and yeah, he was asked, you know, what are you looking for if you do trade the number one overall pick? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's, it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around. Um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Do you want to know what you're going to do tomorrow? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? I would, I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, 
you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but just like I talk about with contracts, it takes two teams to figure that out. Um, but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well. So there's a lot of different things with different timelines going, and that's what makes it a little bit difficult. I think that he is going to trade him before free agency, not out of the kindness of his heart. He will, <laughs> like, you know, he will say yeah. it, but also the market will be the most robust sooner because as soon as the as soon as the league year opens and you can get playbooks in these guys' hands, other teams are going to want to do that. Also, if you wait for Baker and Cousins and the draft, and you wait for all of that, you're going to have fewer teams bidding on Justin Fields' services. So while I do think that he obviously likes and respects Justin Fields, I don't think he is trying to do this early out of the kindness of his heart for Justin living in the gray. It's because that's when he can get the best offer. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he absolutely has to do what's best for the Bears as an organization, not for a player. I mean, you know, Ryan Poles showed his own humility today at the end of the press conference when, you know, he talked about how this is not about me. This is about all of us. So it can't just be about Justin Fields. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I also think that just because, you know, Ryan Poles, when he came out, and you'll hear a little bit more of this later on in, in one of the audio cuts, you know, Ryan Poles came out and said, look, and you're not, despite the report that there could be clarity all of a sudden on the first day of the combine, he said, no, that's not going to happen. But I would say it's not, guys, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we could start to know the direction by the end of this week. I don't know that for sure, but I don't, I don't think that we, it's possible we could find out some real stuff this week. The combine is like baseball's winter meetings, but in a time period when you can actually make deals and without some constraints, it's like, I mean, all those conversations are going to be happening. That's how it happened last year. So I think that instinct makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you guys tried to get him to talk about Caleb Williams, and he gave it to you a little bit when asked about the Pat Mahomes comp, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's something that has been, you know, we've been hearing about that for, it feels like a couple of years now. With, In fact, we probably have, that there is that comp. People say he's the next Pat Mahomes. So that question was taken to Ryan Poles. In terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He, he painted a picture of, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create, that's really creative, um, doesn't draw within the lines, where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton. So um, you kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Is there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No. Winners. Yeah. <laughs> Bears. <laughs> it's telling that he doesn't just swat that away completely, though. Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I Just the fact that, you know, he talks about the – 
the arm angle and that that got me excited you know just oh yeah i mean if you have that in common with patrick mahomes that's a pretty good thing right there to to have by the way they were wheeling uh, andy reed around here today i think he was the uh only one that had that i saw that had a golf cart out here today uh for his for his media availability good for him i thought you you were having a terry bradshaw moment let me get the big guy in here come on waddle over here oh my god that's what I thought of. I was like, uh, like, oh, they don't want him waddling up on these podiums. They don't want him wobbling. He just had him. hip surgery. Okay. First bout Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. He's got a tree. Put some respect he, on that man's he, name. Bradshaw hey, man, was concerned. That, yeah. How did, why did you guys project that as not complimentary? I said he's got a golf cart. Yeah. Isn't that? And you guys took it negative. No, you, you, the first thing you said was they were wheeling him around. <laughs> that, thought, that's actually the first thing you I said. I thought maybe he was on a hand truck strapped in like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was picturing, actually. Just ridiculous. Oh, it was so sad, too, because he was out in the hallway after he talked, and there was a group of about 15 Chiefs fans who were all chanting for him to come out, Andy, Andy, Andy. And he just, he just wouldn't do it. All he had to do was zoom the golf cart over to these guys, sign a few autographs, and get out of there. But he didn't want anything of it. He had a tea time, probably. <laughs> I, I I don't know. He's got he's got a he's got a how's he gonna waddle on the golf course? Oh you know? god. And then there was Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy. Oh my god. <laughs> you guys, this is terrible. It's not nice. Shame. Shame not to be nice. associated with all oh, of you. Oh, Ter- uh, Terry said it. You know, he started it. So we're just we're just expanding the joke. Big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. Uh. <laughs> right after he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> waddle over here. Uh, oh, my get, God. Get back to Ryan Poles. All right, let me get back on track with you guys. One of the things that I was curious about and still am curious is how much this combine actually means. Like, are they still – do they come into this combine having a pretty good idea of who their quarterback was be is going to be, or are these interviews everything with Caleb Williams and Drake May and whomever else that they decide to interview? But I was definitely focusing on the quarterback when I asked him, Ryan Poles, about the the uh, the combine. Ryan, I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what you're of what you're doing. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. Yeah, I know. That's what a week. Yeah, so what a week. Do you have an idea? What's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine? Like how important is the combine in making the decision? Yeah, right now it's like a hundred different scenarios that you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's gonna work out and probabilities and and things like that, but at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, <clears throat> that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. So he's getting to know the people. We buried the lead, I think. The darts are back, and the, yeah. and the putter is back. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. yes. Matt, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt Eberflus said today, I like putting. So he may <laughs> said that earlier today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he told us he's good at it. So <laughs> it might, I, there's some people that were disappointed that they're – maybe it was uh, Bernstein and Holmes, actually. I think we're, they were disappointed that's, to hear – That's that their brand. That's their brand. Yeah, dis- yeah, disappointment is their – general disappointment is their brand. They were disappointed with the fact that they were doing the same thing this year. But I guess to them – it worked, and players probably dug it. So well, it's, a, yeah. it's a data point, right? How do how does how does they compare to C.J. Stroud? 
throwing darts. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Hand you don't want to keep me bowling. There's only so <laughs> many things you can do in your little tent at the combine. <laughs> That's what, right. I mean, it's this year it's charades and bowling. Last year it's putting and darts. Next yeah, year it's uh, foosball. They, they have a control uh, data, you know, based on last year, and now they can use this year against it. It's 100 percent correct. I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, set up a, a basket in their war room, maybe a Nerf hoop or something like that. I mean, maybe just just things to consider for next year. Yeah. Noted. All right. Noted. All right, your guy. Let's talk about your guy, guys. Um, I guess you could say a little bit of news on on Jalen Johnson. Let's listen to Ryan Poles, what he's saying in the name of maybe getting a deal done with Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong. Um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, When I say coming strong, that means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, The term is strong for him. Um, Being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again. Um, and continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So uh, I feel really good about that situation. I thought that he was negotiating publicly and putting some pressure on Jalen, where if that this ends up with him being offered the franchise tag, Grody, it'll be seen as, oh, Jalen is the one that's being unreasonable. Ryan Poles said they made him a great offer. And when he said we made him an offer that would allow him to hit free agency yeah. so- soon, that struck me as maybe more likely that they're offering him a four-year deal than a five-year deal. And if they're yeah. offering him a four-year deal, there's no way that Jalen can be the highest paid corner in the NFL based on total guarantee, which is the Denzel Ward deal, which got 71 million guaranteed. It could give him the highest average annual value on a deal at Jair Alexander at 21 million per year. But my sense is, is that they have made an aggressive offer on a shorter term deal, but that Jalen is going to want more total guarantees. I don't think this is as close as Ryan Poles is making it sound. Hmm, okay. I, I agree with you in because that little line that he put in there where he said it takes two to tango. I think he said something like that in regards to David Montgomery last year as well, because it sure felt like David Montgomery was going to be a bear and get it because they love him. And there's a, there's a deal in place and it's, but it takes two to tango and then they did not get David Montgomery back. So I do think you're right in that there has been an offer made and yeah, I think you're probably right. I think probably a four year deal. I mean, I was even, I even had three in my head when he was talking about the, you know, the, the idea that he could get another contract. Who knows, who knows, maybe Jalen Johnson wouldn't mind that as well, considering, you know, that he could get that second contract. So yeah, a lot going on there. I mean, there's, there's some, you know, murmurs of something could get done with that by the end of the week as well, but it's certainly wait and see, and it, it sure sounds like the ball is in Jalen Johnson's court. Yeah, you know, we, we looked at all the, the big contracts that exist right now for cornerbacks, and almost all of the real big ones are five-year deals. Um, the Jair Alexander's four, and Jalen Ramsey's three, but he's had a couple of different contracts. So, you know, and Paul's tipping his hand saying, you know, and he could still be up for free agency again in his prime. But 
we'll we'll see well, we'll we'll see how that how that plays out and it's uh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going anywhere and he's said that before Jalen's not going anywhere so this wouldn't be like a David Montgomery where if things break down he's gone this would be a franchise tag no that's a great point that's a really good point because I did ask him in a follow up I, I said would you rather just kind of confirming would you rather get a you know long term deal done on the franchise tag I used the word franchise tag and he made it very clear that they don't want to do that they do hmm. not want to use the franchise tag but. To your point, Spiegel, you're right. It's not like David Montgomery. They're not going to lose him, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that it could still, this whole situation could be demoted to a franchise tag spot. While we're on Jalen Johnson, this will lead right into to Matt Eberflus because, um, you know, Flus has been very demanding of Jalen Johnson, you know, in, in both he and polls, you know, saying, look, this guy's got to get more turnovers. We want him to be a ball hawk. Even when he made one of those interceptions early this year, Flus was critical of his inability to follow the blocking and bring the ball back into the end zone. There was the episode where Matt Eberflus had him on second string in terms of the corner. So it was kind of like an early rough ride, I thought, with this regime, which is why it makes it very interesting to hear the way Matt Eberflus is talking about Jalen Johnson now and what he means to this team. Yeah, a lot. You know, so um, I'm so proud of Jalen, the way he improved um, and the way he really took the challenge to to be a ball guy. And and he certainly did that. Um, he's a great leader, in our, not only in our defensive back room, but in our whole defensive room, too. Um, and he's really starting to be a, a, a really good leader in our whole football team. So I'm excited about him. Again, like Ryan said this morning, you know, we obviously want to get him to a long-term deal. I hope they're close. I hope it works out. Uh, but uh, certainly excited. We'll be excited to have him back. Yeah, that is a bad malt box. Yeah. Yeah, it was not great. <laughs> not, not great. Yeah, that's the last time I'll be using the, the, the combine malt box. That's, uh, that's it for the malt box. They blew it. They had one chance for me. <laughs> good for you, Grace. Good. Got to keep yeah. it moving. Um, yeah, we got a lot that we still need to get to here, Grody. Let's keep it going with Flus. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll rock and roll through these. Another Matt Eberflus. I thought this was interesting too because if you listen carefully, um, I think that you will come up with a very some very interesting insights on who he may or may not be talking about. Matt Eberflus, how he evaluates young prospect quarterbacks. I look at situations. You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, um, in, in the end of the game situations. That that to me is what se- that's the separator. Um, for me, um, and then you look at toughness. You know, you got to look in toughness for a quarterback. Really, is is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball, um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary. So, um, and there's they come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always been fun to evaluate those guys. This is not a difficult thing to connect the dots about no, how much no. he's talking about late game. You know, third down, that stuff, and two how, minute at two minute, and how bad Justin Fields' numbers have been in the fourth quarter, his entire career here, including this year when he was armed better, including those last seven games where he had the most level and fair, uh, you know, playing field to try and show something. They're they're concerned with that, and they should be. Frankly, yes, Biggs. I don't know that he intended to to say it that way or put it on a platter for us like that, but he did, and it does give you the insight into into the what, what they're thinking and, and if that's the case then it just more evidence that they're moving on from justin fields to like say the things directly out loud that fields has struggled in gotten better in but struggled in i thought was really interesting another thing from matt eberflus was you know one of the things that i'm going to be paying really close attention to 
is play calling because Matty Rufus is going to call the plays. He does have a defensive coordinator who is Eric Washington, but Eric Washington has called plays before. He expressed interest in doing it again someday. So I asked Matt Eberflus, you know, is it possible that play calling could eventually be, if Eric Washington works out, could the play calling be handed off to him eventually? Yeah, I think that's evaluated every single year, right? So it's at the end of the year, you'll evaluate that. And uh, if that's the best move for the Bears, we'll certainly do that. And uh, that's and what we're doing right now is what we think is best for the Bears. Yeah, that's the only thing that they can do at this point. Like, yeah. There's going to be people who take it personally. They are making a decision that is to – it's a weird thing, man. It How many people seem to be offended at the idea – of taking the number one quarterback in the draft and upgrading from good for a shot at great. This is something that you should... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. should be celebrated and applauded. It should not be something that is feared and derided. It's, it's, ju- it's interesting. I, I told it, you I was on the radio with Atlanta the other day, and they're like, we're sorry. ready for good. We're, we're, we're ready for good. Yes. You know what I mean? So there are teams and franchises that would accept good. And Bears fans, yeah. some Bears fans have that feeling. Like, we right. found That's- good. What are we doing? Why are we abandoning good? Yep. Right. Yeah, there is value in Justin Fields, and hopefully somebody will overpay for Fields. Last thing I have before I give you guys some nuggets from out here at the NFL Combine. Um, as Matt Eberflus was walking off the podium – I did ask him, and I don't know if you could hear the question, so I'll just tell you what I asked him. I said as he was leaving, I asked him if he um, has a new stylist. Take a listen. Yeah, her name is Kelly Eberflus. (laughs) Eberflus got jokes. Okay, say that. What did he just say there? Set that up again, Grody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I asked Matt Eberflus as he was done talking, he's walking off the podium, and I felt compelled to ask him because nobody else had um, who, if he has a new stylist. Yeah, her name is Kelly Eberflus. <laughs> it's the wife. It's it's beautifully done, but we took it a step further. Mark. Okay. Have you heard okay. our conversation with him yet? I have, I have not heard any of it, no. Okay, well. So my my after we asked him about the beard and yeah. and and Speaks asked him if he felt like a different person, we asked him if he was aware that Bears beat reporter Mark Grody started Uh-oh. covering him for so long that you started to look like him. I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see him. <laughs> so he didn't notice. Here's the thing, Groats. Here's our big idea. Okay, if nothing comes out of today other than this, it'll be a win. You need to show up at training camp with the beard. 
I like, will. You need to look like like Flus, like this look that now the Flus has. Show up at training camp with that okay. look to a team. I will. So every He's year, gonna... every year you dress up like the Bears coach. Your thoughts? I'm like Flus, you're gonna notice me, man. You will notice me. <laughs> this is hilarious, though. As he honestly, this is after he was walking back from interviewing you guys. I had heard when you know the interview was gonna happen, and here comes Flus with three other PR people down the hallway. I see him and I look at him. I, I caught him completely off guard. And I go, I go, did they, did they talk about the hair on the score? And he kind of looks at me. I go on the score and he goes, he goes, oh yeah, the score. Yeah. I'm just on the score. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Score the hair. He goes uh, pretty good for a 54 year old, the hair, huh? Looking pretty good. So that was that. Yeah. I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see him. It was a moment in time. I'm so upset. (laughs) You should be. We blew it, man. You looked exactly like him. It was for three weeks, and and, and now it's it's over. All right, quickly, Mm -hmm. Bears Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, I'll run through them. Ryan Poles also said that uh, he has no concerns at all over Caleb Williams' desire to play in Chicago if the Bears do decide to draft Caleb Williams, says that the Bears have a really good infrastructure suitable for Williams or fields drake may the latest player to pull out of the the workout portion of the combine is first reported by Josina anderson who i will have on on the clock on friday at six o'clock she had some real opinions hmm. about the uh, the the future of the nfl combine uh matt eberflus admitted that they need somebody opposite of montez sweat as a defensive end and defensive ends speak tomorrow, so I'll be looking forward to that. And by the way, if you are not able or not watching this on Twitch right now to get a little feel for the room, I did put a little tour of the NFL Combine up on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports if you want to check out what the layout and how everything looks out here at the Combine. Good stuff, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5. Looking forward to it, guys. Take care. Keep killing that, it, Mark Grody. Thank you. That is Mark Grody. Uh Boomer Esiason with some hot takes. And NBC Sports Chicago has a team that has called the Bears on either the number one pick or Justin Fields. We'll tell you next on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Sebastian Maniscalco. Good to be on the score. I mean, I've been a score guy ever since in the 90s listening to you guys. You know, now with the Bears, I don't know what the hell's going on. Afternoons on the score. It's a guy wings. So Caleb Williams, the number one pick. We've talked about it a lot. Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback. We've talked about it a lot. We're going to get clarity probably in the next week or so on the direction if you don't think that there's already been clarity. Uh, Josh Schrock, NBC Sports Chicago, is at the Combine, and he says that a league source says that the Falcons have checked in with the Bears about Fields. It's unclear how far those conversations have gone, but there's reason to expect them to pick back up this week in Indianapolis. And he went with a quote that Raheem Morris told CBS Sports. You want to get the best fit for your people. You want to get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. And you want to do all those things. There's nothing ruled out. I forgot to mention trades because all of those things come into play. We've been really tedious. We're really trying to go through the process of how we're going to acquire the best fit for us. And obviously people connecting best fit for the city with the hometown Justin Fields. Here's how it's going for Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot. Anytime they're anywhere with a microphone, they're being grilled with, are you going to trade for Justin Fields or Russell Wilson? And that, they can't talk about him because they're yeah, under contract. Yeah, and that's what Raheem Morris says lately. Two players under contract. I have so much respect for our fans, blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to dance 
about their potential acquisition, just as the Bears are trying to dance about their potential trade. The news is what you led with towards the bottom of the column. The league source told NBC Sports Chicago that the Falcons have checked in with the Bears about fields. Which is what everybody's doing right now. They're doing due diligence, and then this is the week where Fontenot and Poles go into a hotel room and hammer out what the particulars of the trade would be. You know, it's interesting. I told you that I, I did Atlanta radio the other morning, um, and it made some waves down there a, a little just because I guess they hadn't had a Chicago person who has dissected fields as much as we have and talked about it in such terms. Yeah. And the conversation was such where those guys were like, yeah, no, we, you got to understand, we've been dealing with Marcus Mariota and Taylor Heineke yeah. and Desmond Ritter. Like, we're ready for good, you know? So it's just. Well, and they think that they've got the rest of the team around them. Good defense, good skill position guys, all of that. You got that, Pigeon Robinson. That, yep. Yeah, they you put good L- local down there. kid, right? Yeah. And 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 that it's worth whatever they're going to give up for the chance at it because you counter it against what their options are. Well, that exactly. If they had the number one pick, they wouldn't be talking about taking the second pick, the second round pick, and going for good. They'd be talking about having the number one pick and taking a shot at great. But they've got the eighth pick. So they don't have a path to the top quarterback no, prospect. No, they're talking about Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy and whether they should be considering something like that. Exactly. So, or use a, use the top 10, the eighth pick, to add another weapon on offense, use the second round pick for an established starting quarterback, and roll out, you know, good with great supporting cast. It's dancing season. Sean Payton was asked about trading Russell Wilson today. You know, it's like, when are you going to do that? And everybody knows he wants to do that. And he's the boss there. He's uh, ahead of the GM. He's the man in charge there. So, you know, like all week, these these GMs and these football bosses are going to dance around this stuff. Well, they have to dance around it. they got to straddle the line. they got to try to not give anything away. Talk show hosts, we don't have those constraints. Here's our guy, Boomer Esiason, going even harder than he went with us when he went pretty damn hard. Something's going on, though, because... Is Justin Fields thing continues to swirl out in Chicago, and doesn't would, matter. It's over. I, I if you listen to what's going on out there, it doesn't sound like it's completely over. It doesn't. They're, right, they're, it's I, over. Uh, I mean, it should be over. It's over. This, they're taking this kid right here, and if they don't take this kid, then Ryan Paul should be fired. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you gotta, you gotta restart the quarterback clock. You got all the assets from the trades that you've made. Um, you're sitting pretty. You kept your head coach. You got a new offensive coordinator in there. You know, you could you could say that they they should have hired Cliff Kingsbury, but he ended up going to Washington. Caleb Williams is from Washington D.C. Well, well, here, but here's all right. So this is the the thing when I say something's going yeah. on, and you just touched on it. And if you're the number one overall pick, you go to whatever team. So all right, so he's he's got Cliff Kingsbury down there with the Commanders. That's right, right, and he's yep. from the from the area, right. And they've got new ownership group, so it's not Dan Snyder. Do we see him pull an Eli Manning? So, but here's the thing. You know what? Caleb, don't go home. Go go to Chicago. Go they are loaded and they're gonna be good and they're gonna and they have all these different assets. And, you know, you, you're gonna have a good defense. They've added a number of offensive uh playmakers over the last two years. Uh DJ Moore, I know, did come out and support Justin Fields, that you know, there's no but in this quarterback class like Justin Fields, says, well, well, wait until you start playing with, you know, Caleb Williams, you'll find somebody that is. Yep. And, you know, when, and when I say by can't miss and I, and I think about height, size, weight, arm strength, uh, football intuition, 
you know, to me, that's more Andrew Luck than it is Joe Burrow. Andrew was, you know, a terrific uh, prospect coming out who was just as mobile as Caleb is. Same type of arms, same type of understanding of the game, the intuition of the game, all of those things. Now, Andrew was a great young man. Didn't seem like he, can't, you know, was, was, was acting as if he was privileged to be the number one pick. I think he ap- appreciated and, uh, and loved being the number one pick. I hope that Kale Williams doesn't screw this thing up. Yeah, I could totally see the stuff that we've heard from his camp over the last year or so. I could totally see him trying to force it. If he wants to play in Washington and wants to be a, a member of the... I mean, it's weird. It's still weird to say the commanders. But he wants to be a commander. Don't do it. Uh, then then I, I wouldn't be shocked if... I would not be shocked if he don't, tried to pull something there. Go to Chicago and resurrect that franchise. This is... Uh, I, in my eyes, I know that they have not won a lot. But to me, it's still one of the few legacy franchises in the NFL. It, there's something about being a Chicago Bear. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, there's great history there. There's 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 lore there, if you will. Uh, at the quarterback position, not so much. And he can set every single franchise record, and he should. He should want to go there, and he should want to play there, and he should want to lead that team. If that city needs something. Man, Boomer gets it. Well, it's the... The privilege of being the number one pick thing, I don't think Caleb's going to look at it that way because of just the era of player empowerment and all of that. I yeah, think that but, that was weird. But Boomer but, gets gets like how ripe the Bears are and how ripe yes. his town is for a truly great quarterback. And since he said that this morning, Poles has come out and said he has no reason to be concerned whatsoever that Caleb wouldn't want to be a Bear. And he's like, if he did feel that way, I'd want to know why. Because, again, it's an attractive place to play. Great city, great fan base. You can immediately become the best quarterback in franchise history. Easy bars to clear towards greatness. And seven-win team, good defense, number one receiver, top ten pick, good talent on your offensive line. Like, there's just there's a bunch of things that Burrow and Luck and Lawrence and all of those guys at number one did not get. Mahomes got it. At 10? Yes. But they had to trade up from 27. It's a, it's Mahomes a, it's got a it rare... at 10 and waited a year. Yes. and But that's that's different. For, for number one picks to get the type of situation that the Bears would provide to Caleb Williams, we've never seen it before. You hear polls refer to that today? He said, context has messed with the numbers at the top of the draft. Our position is unique. Yes. He That's said what I've been that. saying for months. Like well, it's so it's so unlikely that the number one pick busts because he's not going to a dumpster fire. Right, right. So that the context where the one pick has gone has been so bad, and Poles knows that's not the nest that he has built for the quarterback here. Yeah. It's why I would have gone even further and given him offensive head coach and aimed higher there, but it's still pretty damn good, especially compared to Every other situation we've seen, number one picks get dropped into. We'll put a bow on this thing. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Swung on, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone. It is Dodger debut. Shohei Otani brings them to their feet. A two-run home run. That's what they've been waiting for. Shohei Otani hit a home run today. First game as a Dodger. And his first at bat, he was struck out. 
on three pitches by Garrett Crochet. First Dodgers at bat is a Garrett Crochet strikeout. Third at bat against Dominic Leone, famed White Sox player. Otani goes oppo. Such easy oppo power. So he's still good is what you're saying. Still good. Still good. Even as he recovers. Uh Uh-huh. No pitching. Yeah, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to get the ball a long way. Saw Dave Roberts talking about his lineup choices. You know, uh, uh, tricky stuff. He's going to keep Mookie Betts leaving off. Mm. Um, Then he's going to put Otani second. Thinks that having him in front of Freddie Freeman... It's going to be. Yeah, you got to be careful when you're a manager stacking those MVP award winners Seriously. together. You got to be careful how you spread them out. I agree. I agree. And he thinks that Otani's speed is going to create a lot of RBI opportunities for Freddie Freeman. <laughs> well, with how bad of a guy Dave Roberts is, you'd think he'd stuff Shohei at the bottom just to stick it to him. A little bit of hazing. Oh, my God. That sucks. I'm just shocked that Jason Hayward's not their two hitter. <laughs> he'll be in the lineup, though. I, I know he'll be in the lineup. Funny moment, like a week or two ago, when uh, Dave Roberts said, yeah, you guys want to talk uh, to Shohei, you can. If you want to talk about Shohei with somebody, talk to Jason Hayward. And so everybody went in and tried to talk to Hayward. Hayward's like, what? <laughs> it was just a prank? Yeah, no, it's like, he, like Roberts was just saying Hayward's a good talker. Like, I'm sure he'll have some good thoughts, but Hayward... I don't think he's pretty happy about that assignment. Like, <laughs> my job is to talk to all the media about Otani when he doesn't want to talk or doesn't choose to speak English or whatever. It was like I had to cover for a manager before one time in 2016. <laughs> I don't want to cover for this one now. Let me give you an 18-minute speech. Let's go to the weight room. There's always one, more than one way to skin a cat. No offense to the cat. See, that's the thing. Hayward just doesn't want to offend the cat. No, he's very careful. Which is awesome. About protecting all animals. But, yeah. Well, they're a good team. Yeah, they're going to be all right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as worried about them as I am some of the, uh, the other teams, but like their uh, their workout facility partner, the White Sox, right across the way. You can get the White Sox at seven to one to have the worst record in baseball this year. I don't know. Now that they got Bailey Horn back, you know. True, true. I know. I mean, and the A's are real bad. Oh my God, how many players on the A's can you name? Oh, it's the annual excursion. I. I don't think I can give you six right now. I don't, I, I don't think I, I can. No, I can't give you six. I don't think I can give you four. Okay. Right now. All right. You can give me one, though? Now nah, we're out of time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's the journeyman first baseman guy who did pretty well there last year. Ryan uh, Noda? Nope. Tyler Soderstrom? Uh, nope. Okay. I don't know them. Is Tony uh, Kemp still on the team? I No, I no. don't think so. David Eckstein. <laughs> he's, he's not there either. They had yeah. an all-star, the guy with the power. I haven't heard of a lot of any of these guys. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard of a uh, – Ross Stripling, I guess. I've heard oh, of. yeah, that's, that's the race. Yeah. Paul Blackburn. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Speaking of iPads, Stripling has not allowed a home run in 2019. Oh, look at that. They got Alex Wood on that team. I know that person. Oh, my guy, Hogan Harris. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a typo. <laughs> Abraham Toro. Hogan? Uh-huh. <laughs> Hogan Harris, I think that was a show on Score Overnights one time. <laughs> Thank yous today. I thought he refused to work overnights. We had uh, we had the coach of the Bears on. Brent Rooker is who I was thinking about. Brent Rooker. There you go. Matt Eberflus and Peter King were on the show today, as was Mark Grody. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat video stream. Thank you, sirs. We got Shane Reardon as our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. All right, I got to go here, guys. I'm, I, I got something. <laughs> 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.